Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, John. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you, and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of little things about yourself first. (laughs) Hey, Heidi, this is going to be so fun, and I never miss an opportunity to visit the Lemonade Stand. So this is... Uh, this is just such a blast for me to do. And I love that first question, uh, you know, two to three unique things about ourselves. Here it goes. Uh, so the first thing is I love polar plunges. I'm totally into cold water immersion, uh, whether it's in a lake uh, in the middle of winter or an ice bath. I, I think there are such great uh, health benefits. So If there's cold water, I am down. And coincidentally, (laughs) cold water is the best to use when making lemonade. So it all kind of goes together, right? (laughs) I'll use Um, it for that. (laughs) The next thing is I am a total science geek, especially when it comes to anatomy. I just love learning how our bodies work. uh, And especially for me as a mental health advocate, I love learning how the brain works because it's, it's never ending the things you can, you can learn about that. And finally, just recently, I faced one of my greatest fears, which is snakes. And I went to this huge rattlesnake uh, event that is a was in a county right over from where I live. It's an annual event that they do. It's educational. It's the first time I ever went. And it's the very first time I touched a rattlesnake as well as got to hold it in my hands uh, while a, a handler was also holding it, making sure that I was safe. Uh, so those are three really, <laughs> those are three incredible things. Oh, I, I love I this. <laughs> I love this. It's so great to get to know you. So thank you. This is awesome. Okay. Well, the snake thing, I used to work at a pet store and so I'm okay with it, but a, a rattlesnake, no, I would not be holding that. So <laughs> I'm proud of you. Way to face that fear. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you got to take me back then and tell me what happened to you and what is your lemon to lemonade story? Yeah. So, you know, we all have so many uh, lemon to lemonade stories, Uh, you know, right now, the one that I am so focused on is my journey with Generation Z. Uh, And that is anyone out there who was born between 1997 and 2012. So this year, they're ages 11 to 26. Uh, So basically, all of us have Gen Zers in our lives, right? And I first crossed paths with Gen Z in my classroom at a local university where I was teaching. Uh, And that semester, I was teaching two first-year seminar classes, which is the class all uh, first-year students take. And I I still thought we were in the land of millennials. And I loved millennials. I had great respect for them. In fact, I don't think any generation has been as blasted as the millennials. So I tried to stick up for them as well uh, because I met a lot of great ones. But I I noticed there was something just a little bit different about this group of um, freshmen that I had that semester, but I couldn't, couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then one day 
early in the semester, I referred to them as millennials uh, and not in a bad way, just as a matter of fact. And they were like, we're not millennials. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like who or what are you? What is this amazing universe? Uh, you know, or in your speak, what is this lemonade that's being made right before my very <laughs> eyes? And they said, we're Generation Z. And I thought, okay, I'm going to spend the next couple months of the semester figuring out what that means. And for me, the first really big revelation that came when the first essays started coming in, the first class discussion started happening, was how courageous and honest they are in talking about their mental health journeys. Uh, they were speaking aloud words like anxiety, depression, suicide, I need help, in a way that I had never seen any other generation at that age do or really be able to do. You know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I was their age in the 80s or early 90s. We weren't allowed to say those words. We weren't encouraged. I didn't even really know those words, yeah. <laughs> let alone be allowed to speak them at home or in school or in the community. So that was really my first connection point and really what brought me in and made me really want to be a champion for these young people and to help introduce them uh, you know, to the rest of the world that no one understood. And still to this day, you know, I'm continuing to work. This is six, seven years later. Uh, and, you know, we'll be talking about my book, What Would Gen Z Do a little bit later, but all the efforts I've put in has been to try to help clarify and, and paint a more accurate portrait of who these young people are. Uh, I think we need that, especially as the Gen Xers that we are. <laughs> I think we need that understanding. Oh, yeah, like, you're what? a fellow Xer. Yes, I'm a fellow Xer. Very proud. We are very proud to be Xers, I think. Yes, like, I love Very it. proud that we grew up in the 80s. <laughs> That's the coolest yes. generation. Um, but yeah, I think we do because we look at these Gen Zers and we're like, this is nothing like what we can relate to of how they have grown up. It's not even close to anything that we grew up as. And so I think it's great to get this understanding. So I'm so glad that you're doing this. So tell me more. Well, what's really cool as an exeter is... Uh, you know, Gen Zers love the 1980s. Yes, they now, do. They were, they, they were not even like figments in their parents' imaginations. They weren't even the sparkle in their eyes yet. But they absolutely love everything about the 80s. And I think that probably uh, is, you know, partially due to their parents who are mostly Gen Xers. All right. Uh, which is really cool. But they love the 80s and they will all they will often say to me, we wish we had been around in the 80s because it was such a simpler time. Now, I always have to point out to them, okay, now you're stereotyping us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't perfect. But at the same time, I get what they're what they're saying. Yes. I yes. get what they're saying. And I so I think there really is this unique bond between Xers and Zers, uh, beyond just the fact that, you know, a lot of their parents are also Xers. I think there's just something that resonates. There's something in our core and their core that is very complementary. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have never doubted that my paths crossed their paths at just the right moment in time. And, yes. um, you know, I, I only hope that, uh, you know, what they've done to inspire me and my journey, I've been able to give back to them even just a little bit. Oh, I love that. I'm sure you have. I it, This is just fun to talk to you because I personally, you know, I'm an Xer and then I had two millennial children, but then I had a Gen Z later. So I have, <laughs> my kids are from different 
they're from different generations. <laughs> and so it yes. is night and day, night and day difference. There's that. <laughs> or like, we all are trying to figure out the Gen Z or we're all like, this is just totally different than than everybody else. But but it's so funny that you'd say that because she is obsessed with 80s, everything, clothing, music, you know, rock star, every, everything from the 80s. She calls it vintage. And uh, she loves vintage clothes and vintage music. Well, it is. It is vintage. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. And so it's fun. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you with that. But I, it was just <laughs> funny because I, I think it's really funny that I have millennials and Gen Zers as my own children. <laughs> so I'm very much relating with what you're saying. Yes. Well, so there have been so many parts to this journey during the past six or seven years. And really, I had no idea where it was going. And after that uh, first semester... Uh, with Zeers, I'm like, I've got to get this down. Uh, and and I don't know what I was thinking other than I need to just in some way capture and document what I've just experienced because it was so incredible. So uh, at the time, I, I wrote an essay for Huffington Post, which was simply titled, Who is Generation Z? And I will forever be grateful that I was among the first in the country to really pose that question. Uh, because not many people were talking about them. In fact, a lot of people still thought, like I had originally, that they were millennials. Uh, no one realized we had sort of taken that turn. And even now, <laughs> some older adults don't realize, uh, though it's becoming more you know, mainstream that you know, there are two different groups here, millennials and Gen Zers. So that's really where it started. And then each semester... I, I would just learn more and more and I would ask more and more questions. And then as I was traveling the country, whether it was on book tour for previous books or to do art installations, whatever it was for, I would say to whoever was organizing my trip, yes, of course, I'm happy to come in and do whatever you invited me to do. But while I'm in your town or your city, please also find me a group of Gen Zers to sit down with, as well as a group of mental health experts. Uh, and that is how I have learned that, you know, Gen Zers across the country were very much in sync with the Gen Zers sitting in my classroom here in Pennsylvania. As a mental health advocate, you know, I'm always aware I don't have a, a medical degree, nor do I want one, nor would anyone else want me to have one. But as an advocate, you know, it's so important for us to be informed. And so having that opportunity to sit down with experts across the country. And look, that, that could mean school psychologists, that could mean survivors, survivors of suicide, that could mean some of the top uh, mental health officials in a state. You know, I, I found that I had access to all of these people, which I'm so grateful for. And so I sat down with them and I just became a sponge. And I'm like, I'm going to ask questions and please just educate me. And then after this one particular semester, when I had done a time capsule project with my uh, freshman Gen Z students, uh, which was very much inspired by Andy Warhol's time capsules. And for any of your listeners out there who uh, may not be familiar with Warhol's time capsules, there was a period of time during like the 60s, 70s, when he would set cardboard boxes by his desk in his studio, and he would just fill them with whatever, whatever kind of came across his desk. I mean, we're talking everything from invitations and letters from celebrities to literally toenail clippings. Like when we say everything and anything, it's everything and anything. <laughs> and then when a box would get full, 
he'd seal it up and send it to storage. So as a result, there were 611 of these Warhol time capsules. And I've always loved that. So I explained that to my students, what he had done with the boxes, and I gave them all manila envelopes. And I said, okay, for this semester, this first semester of your first year in college, you're going to keep a, a time capsule, put it somewhere in your dorm room, home, wherever you are, and just throughout the semester, start filling it up, which they did. And at the end of the semester, we went through them, and there was pretty much anything you can imagine in there, but it was awesome. And so once I saw how successful that was and how it allowed me uh, to get to know them better and for them to get to know each other better, I reached out to my friends at the Warhol Museum and I said, hey, what would you think of collaborating with me on a Gen Z time capsule? And so for the past several years, I've worked with the Warhol Museum on what's called the Gen Z time capsule, which we just uh, brought in for a landing this past spring, uh, where we invited Gen Zers from across the country and the globe to send pictures and videos of, of the people, places, things, and activities that they enjoy most, that are most important to them, that have had the biggest impact on them. Again, as one more way for the world to start figuring out who these young people are, both as a generation, but as individuals. I thought, you know, I've I've learned so much from the or from the from the millennials, yes, but from the Gen Zers. And uh there are so many things that they have they want me to share with the rest of the world that for whatever reason maybe they can't get out to a larger audience, but uh, I as an author can. And so that's when I sat down and wrote, what would Gen Z do? Everything you don't know about Gen Z, but should. And it's a collection of short chapters, which really, again, are sharing those things that Gen Z has said, this is what we really want the world to know about us. You know, so for me as an advocate for them, it was such an amazing moment to get to write this book. As an author, you know, this is my 25th book. Uh, which is always a milestone for any writer. And I'm just so grateful and honored and humbled that it got to be about the Gen Zers. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. I love that so much. 25 books, way to go. That is an accomplishment right there. That's so amazing. Very proud of you. And then to choose Thanks. to do it about this generation. I just think that's the sweetest thing to help us all understand. So what is something, was there something really like aha for you with this generation that you were just like, I did not know that, or that's really surprising. Or was there anything that stood out to you? <laughs> well, I, I feel like everything I learned about them was an amazing aha, uh, because the way we often see them portrayed in the media yeah. is really not how they largely are. Uh, and that will always be the case where the media is going to take the most sensational things about any of us, any of our gener. You know, we all have sort of those uh, in our generation who, let's just say, are maybe overly passionate, um, you know, <laughs> and veer to the the fringes of the spectrum, whatever that is, on all sides. Uh, and the media loves that, right? Right. Uh, but there are tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions, in the middle who really aren't that. They aren't what you see in the media. So in addition to, okay, I'm going to watch what's on the news about Gen Zers or um, seeing the way they're portrayed, even in commercials and TV shows, which, you know, just pokes fun at them. And is really, for the most part, so insulting. I really want people to get to know who the real Gen Zers are. And even those who are portrayed on the news, that's only part of the story. 
there's so much more to even those Gen Zers or really anyone, right, who's on the news uh, media. But I, you know, I encourage, that, and that's one of the reasons I write the book. It's what I encourage people just everywhere and anywhere to do is talk to the Gen Zers in your life. Get to know them. Don't assume uh, because the millennials were this way or Xers were that way or, oh, young people are always like that. Uh, you know, please, please step back and, and and take a moment away from the assumptions and sit down and have a conversation with these young people. And so, you know, this book, uh, it, which is about Gen Z, is not written for Gen Zers per se. It certainly is dedicated to them. It's very much a love letter to their generation. Uh, but, you know, it is written for all the older adults, um, you know, 27 and above, any of the rest of us who are living with them, working with them, or have them in our lives in any way, it's for all of us to better understand who they are and to get to know them better. And to really, I think in doing that, get to know ourselves a little bit better. Yeah. I think the most powerful thing for me personally is uh, what they're doing in the mental health space, mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, I'm constantly telling them, you know, you guys, by by actually saying the words aloud, anxiety, depression, suicide, I need help. It is the biggest leap forward the world has ever seen in mental health awareness and advocacy. And I think we kind of take that for granted even now because, you know, luckily, unfortunately, those words are becoming more mainstream. The Gen Zers were really the first ones in a large group to just every day use those words. So they deserve that credit. And but look, I, you know, it, it also comes it's multi-layered. Uh, you know, uh, one of my best friends early on, he said to me, John, you're always talking about how great the Gen Zers are, especially when it comes to mental health. Then why is it they have the biggest suicide rate of any generation in history? And it was this amazing uh, punch to the gut question because I really had to take a moment. And then I thought, well, you know what? Both of those things can be true. They can be these amazing pioneers when it comes to mental health and getting us to all be more open about it. But yeah, they do have the highest suicide rate. And I don't have the answer for that. And that's okay. But you know what? It's a question that I'm continuing to ask the Gen Zers I sit down with, because I don't think there is any one answer. As with anything with the Gen Zers, if you want to know something, please don't assume. Go to the source. Go right to the source and ask them. And uh, you you will just have the most amazing conversation, really, no matter what topic you choose. Yeah. The Gen Zers <laughs> do get that bad rap. They just get that live in mom's basement and game all day, kind of, uh, you know, up to no good, waiting to be a YouTube star or something, it feels like. And I just see that a lot of them are doing a lot of great things and they're going on to, they want to change the world and they want to make people aware. They're very much advocates for the underdog. They feel like they are using their voices to help all the, all the things. They're just, they're really great on being advocates too. I've noticed that. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, time and time again, they have told me across the country that we are each other's. Um, strongest advocates. Like they have each other's back more yeah. than any of us could. And I think it's really important for us to understand that. Uh, you know, so for, for example, I, I met a Gen Zer who shared with me her uh, challenges and journey with things like anxiety and depression. 
But she said, you know, at night, I have my phone on next to my bed. Uh, and how often do we hear, oh, that's a no-no? Uh, but she said, I do it in case one of my friends needs me in the middle of the night because maybe they're having an anxiety attack. So again, it's about checking our assumptions. And even when it comes to, I'm so glad you brought up video games because yes, there is that stereotype, there is. Uh, which I'm sure someone out there fits to the T <laughs> of the person in the dark basement, uh, you know, rotting their brain, playing video games and, you know, whatever. For the most part, Gen Zers are not doing that. Yes, a lot of them are gamers, but what I've come to understand because I've taken the time to talk to them, because I am so not a gamer. I guess I need to give that little footnote. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like you, uh, I, we were there at the advent of Atari. Atari, yeah. Yep. And I always tell Zers, if you want to beat someone every time, ask me to play with you because you will beat me every single time. <laughs> I don't even know how I, I wouldn't even understand how to play, but I'm very curious about it. And so when I talk to them, they will tell me about the incredible skills that are actually involved. So it's not just, oh, we're having a good time and this is entertainment, which we all need to have a good time. There's a huge place in our lives where fun is needed, but they're also learning strategic thinking skills, uh, critical thinking skills, reaction time, communication skills. I know when I first realized that when they're playing these games, it's not just on their computer or TV alone or with their buddy next to them. They're playing with people across the country and around the world. So they're communicating. And then the visual of these games, which as an artist just like, you know, blows my mind in the best possible way. Uh, you know, and I, I was happy to then be backed up by that. You know, the U.S. military, as well as major corporations, have in recent years come out and said, we are actively recruiting young gamers because we are now realizing the skills that they are cultivating and learning by playing these video games. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure that's not in every case, but, you know, the next time anyone out there, you know, is tempted to be critical of video games or someone playing one, sit down and just have a conversation about what that game is and, and what it involves and, you know, ask them, what do you think you're learning or what skills might you be using? And I really always am encouraging employers, or really anyone of any age, but a young person comes in and, uh, you know, to ask them, are you a gamer? And if they say yes, talk about the skills involved, because I think as an employer, what you might realize is that candidate for a job could have some incredible skills that could take whatever job you're offering to a whole new level of awesome. Wow. Oh, I love the positive spin on this. That is so great <laughs> to hear. So thank you for that. That's great education. I like that a lot. Well, it was really important for me to make it, my book, What Would Gen Z Do?, be interactive. Uh, because, first of all, this is a very interactive generation. They're very skills-based. Uh, you know, they want to be doing something. Um, and so I wanted that vibe to come through. So at the end of every short chapter, there are two reflection questions for the reader. One that they ask themselves so that they can kind of check in and see where are they at on that particular topic. But then there's a question for them to ask a Gen Zer who might be around. Uh, and that is to really encourage that communication, but also to, to encourage them to continue learning 
about these Gen Zers. And then at the end of the book, I have a section of 16 different projects, including that time capsule project with the manila envelopes that folks can do at home with the Gen Zers. They might have there or in the classroom or even at a business uh, with the, whether it's Gen Zers or all of the employees together, uh, they can do these projects because one of the biggest tools that I've learned when it comes to Gen Z is you may have to be the first one to approach them and ask a question. You know, many times, you know, they get labeled as introverted and shy and weird, and they'll go to a corner and they won't talk. And, you know, it's rude and this and that. Uh, and I've got, you know, so when, when, when a stereotype like that is put on my radar by an older adult, usually I go right to the, you know, the Gen Zers I'm sitting down with and say, hey, I heard this about you guys. <laughs> and maybe I've even observed it myself. What's the deal? And what they've told me is a lot of them have social anxiety. You know, that when they're in a setting where there are a lot of people, you know, that anxiety kicks in. Um, but also a lot of them have told me because of the divisive moment we're living in and that they've been raised in and sort of the politically correct uh, culture where you say one wrong syllable, let alone let alone a wrong word, you can get canceled, you can get slammed, bashed, or whatever. This has, in many ways, shut them down in, in talking because they're afraid they don't want to offend anybody. So it comes from this beautiful place, but yet you feel bad that they have to be like that. So when you come across that Gen Z who's sitting in the corner, by all means, go up to them ask them, you know, what's the book you're reading? Or that's a cool tattoo, or that's kind of a weird tattoo, whatever. <laughs> uh, what is it about? Do it out of respect though. You know, even if you don't like tattoos, that's one of my favorite conversation starters <laughs> is asking about tattoos because Zers have taken tattoos to a whole new level yes. of art yes. um, and communication and storytelling. Yes. And I can all but guarantee you, you ask that one question, because I've done this again and again and again, you will have as long a conversation on any other topic. You Like I've had conversations that have gone to, on two, three, four hours that started with one question like that. And I always walk away floating on cloud nine thinking, wow, this <laughs> it was cool. Um... That's great. Yeah. Tell me about your tattoo. That's a, that's a very easy Gen Z question for sure. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Thank you for your education. Of, of Thank you for filling me in today. This has been a treat to learn about this generation that I've lived with for 22 years. So I just think it's awesome to have a little bit more knowledge about it. So I appreciate this. So thank you. You are so welcome. And, you know, just with like with the Warhol project where it was exciting for me as an artist to get to take this generation and turn them into a work of pop art through the uh, Gen Z time capsule. It was great fun today to take them as the shining, beautiful fresh lemons and turn them into lemonade. <laughs> yes, yes. They all have so much goodness about them and so much sweetness that we can all partake of all their different personalities and the things that they have to offer this world and that we can learn from them too. And we don't need to push them aside and put them in the basement. They have a lot to offer. <laughs> so that's awesome. So thank you. Oh, well, thank so you great. so much for having me on, Heidi. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. I'm so excited. Now I got to get my hands on this book. I'm like, okay, this is something I need to learn. 
because I'm afraid I've been a little judgy of this Gen Zer of mine. I'm like, why are you doing all these things? You're not like your siblings. <laughs> so it's been really hard. So this is awesome. This has oh been my very goodness. enlightening. Do uh, like an ebook version if you're an e-reader or like a real, I know you need yes, to I still your like, hands. I know yeah. we do. I hate to admit it. That's the both, Xer in us, I think. I think it is too. I'm like, I just need the paper. I don't know why it is. But I accidentally, I bought, I'm in a book club and I bought the book for this month and I thought I bought the book and I was waiting about 10 days and I finally reached out and I'm like, hey, you've never sent a book yet. I'm still waiting. They're like, it's an ebook. You just download right here. There's oh. the button. And I'm like, no, 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 and no. it has been so difficult to just look at it on my phone or on my iPad. I've been like, mm, I've hated this. No. And I'm like, now I know because I <laughs> normally just avoid it. And now I've been kind of forced to read this book on. See, it, it, it confirmed that you don't like that. So now you <laughs> yep. think I need the bookmark in it. I need to highlight it. I need to carry yes, it with oh me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely thing. specify hard copy, please. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for thank doing you. this. Yeah. And so fun. And your millennials and Gen Z are very lucky to have you as a mom. Oh. So keep rolling. <laughs> I'm going to tell them that you said that. <laughs> <That's> yes. <awesome. laughs> they are really great kids. I'm I'm very lucky to be their mom. They've been amazing kids, and I'm yeah. It's been the highlight of my life to watch them grow and become and, and, uh, and even accept the Gen Zer and all her differences. <laughs> it's been beautiful. So I'm I very glad. love that. Yeah. Well, when yeah. you get the book, you'll have to show it to her and yes. you have to let me know what she thinks of it. Yeah. I'll have to ask her the questions like you were talking about. That would be awesome. Like you were saying, you know, when you meet this classroom and you're like, who are these people? Tell me about <laughs> yourself. And once I started being curious with her, Oh, our relationship is completely, now we're best friends, but it's because I'm curious about everything she does and said, it's like, tell me more about that and tell me why you got that tattoo. Tell me what you feel about that. Tell me why you are choosing to do that. And it's been awesome because she has her reasons and and she's smart and she's exciting and encouraging and she's a great friend and she's an amazing person. And so it's been fun to see her instead of that mom and daughter role of just making her be what I wanted her to be, which wasn't what she wanted to be. And it's been a beautiful gift to be able to just be curious and watch her flourish and be herself. Good luck. Well, that makes my day. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.